Hard BN. All right, welcome to Pod BN. My name is Justin. I'm Tyson. We are joined today with our guest, Chuck Erickson. But before we get talking to him, we want to thank our sponsor, which is Little Beaver Brewery. What do you uh, think you, about Little Beaver, Tyson? You guys you guys hear a lot from us, so I saw a, uh, there's a guest here with me today, my son Elijah. We come here a lot, so I thought uh, he would he could let you know what he likes about it. Um, so, hi, Eli. Hello. Hi. <laughs> what do you, so what do you like about uh, Little Beaver? Uh, probably the burgers. They're really, really good. I heard, I've, I've talked about the burgers before, too. What's good about them? Anything special or just like a nice, solid, good burger? Just everything you would want. Okay. <laughs> what do you get on the side? Always the fries. All right. That, and uh, sometimes people think like a brewery, it's not a place that kids could come and hang out, but I, do you have a good time when you come here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you usually do? Just hang out, talk, sometimes play some games. Yeah. And eat. Did you get Miss Pac-Man workman over there? No, I don't think so. No, there's a Miss Pac-Man arcade game, but it doesn't always work great, so... All right, thanks for stopping by to say hi. Go enjoy your burger. Thank you. <laughs> Burgers look good. <laughs> okay. Well, and also, uh, did we already say that Chuck was here? I did. I said Chuck's oh, okay. joining us. Hi, um, Chuck. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Chuck Erickson, my friend. How you doing? Good. How are you, Justin? Good. Things been good for you? Yeah. Here, you're doing well, too. So I'm trying. I'm trying. But it's not about me. I want to make sure everybody knows who Chuck Erickson is. So I know I've known you for eight years, I think. Probably, yes. Um, so tell us who who are you? Why should people care to listen to this podcast that you're on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why people should care to listen, but I'll tell you who I am. That's fair. Um, I was born and raised in Gibson City. Um, Went to ISU and then went to law school. I practiced law here in Bloomington. I have my own law practice. In uh, 2011, I was appointed to the McLean County Board. I was elected in 2012, 2014, and 2018. Uh, In 2014, I was also elected chairman of the McLean County Republican Party, and then I was re-elected in 2016. I'd had enough of it by 2018, so I decided that I was going to give the joy and honor to someone else. Yeah, so 2011, 10 years, like over 10 years yeah, on, the, over 10 years on the county now, yeah. board. Yeah. Um, what were the big issues when you were running the first time? What motivated you to do that? Oh, I just really like county issues. I mean, you know, I mean, you do, you know, you're not always familiar as you are. I always feel bad for incumbents because they really don't know the issues as well as people are sitting in the seats because, and they have to be educated a little bit. But I always like county issues. I mean, it's, to me, I always thought the county board was, when I even got on, a fiscally conservative board, and um, I, st- I still think we are. Um, and, uh, you know, I just wanted to be able to participate and, and make a difference. What are, you, what are you, looking back on 10 years, 10 years is a long time, uh, what are some of the bigger issues you've tackled? Oh, geez. Well, you know, I mean, it's funny, you know, it's like, People don't pay attention to local races, but you know, you can bomb the. Can I say anything? Can you, you can bomb you, the you hell can, out of a rock. You yeah. can say but whatever yeah, the hell you, you want. You change the street light. You change the street light down <laughs> at the end of the corner, and people are, back, are up in arms sometimes. So I mean, that that always has, has fascinated me, uh, what people get get into. But yeah, some of the issues we've had. I mean, one of the issues we had, and I always will remember this, was uh, animal control. And uh, it's like, well, animal control isn't a big issue. It is to people who own animals. I mean, it is to them. 
And uh, the McLean County Animal Control Center used to use a gas chamber to euthanize animals. And we're sitting there thinking, you know, don't you think that's a little outdated? And, uh, you know, there's a more humane way to do that nowadays. There's more humane things we could do out there, like try to encourage adoption. And I remember when I was trying to do this, everybody was looking at me like, Chuck, why are you trying to change this? What, are you are you a no-kill person? I'm like, no. I mean, I understand that an animal has to be euthanized occasionally. I get it. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with encouraging adoption and getting rid of a gas chamber that's like, why are we using a gas chamber to, <laughs> to euthanize a dog? I mean, you know, and so... Ultimately, the end result was we did get rid of, uh, we, we made things more humane out there. And we do, the animal control really does encourage adoption now. So What I think is cool is the very first issue you thought of was a nonpartisan issue. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I think that's cool because, uh, like I said, I've known you for eight years. And overall, I think we probably think differently on a lot of things. But what I've always appreciated is our conversations when we get together and find the small things that we can agree on. Right. And, and there's more of those locally than there is on a national level, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, when you, like kind of what you're saying, when you're talking about animals or streetlights or anything like that, you can usually find some common ground. Right. So, so you've, you've run, was it three times you've been reelected? Yes. Now? Do you find... A, well, one, elected once and reelected yeah, twice. Okay. Yes. Thanks. So, uh, so you've run three times. Is uh, Have you found that national issues tend to be more on the minds of people when you're talking to them about local Yeah, races, because or? if you go up and knock on the door, hey, I'm Chuck Erickson, I'm running for the McLean County Board, what's the McLean County Board do? You know, you get that a lot. And, yeah. you know, what's your position on this? And it's like, well, that's an issue that is not likely to ever come before the McLean County Board. You know, I mean, I don't try to duck issues, but generally I'll try to be honest. Hey, that's not likely our issue. But if you want my real thoughts on it, here they are. But um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if that answered your question. I, got I went more, off in this tangent here. <laughs> as I got more prevalent as uh, in your second and third race, or do people still... People still mostly just want well, to Well, people like, pay more attention to the uh, national issues, and I think sometimes they try to gauge who you are as a candidate by your view on the national issues because they don't really understand the yeah. local issues so much. So, yeah, yeah I, I remember. Think that, I think that happens. Like door knocking with a couple candidates in my past, and like, well, what do you think of Donald Trump? Or what do you think of Hillary yeah. Clinton? Or what? Like, that's, that's a question you get asked at the doorstep sometimes. Yeah, Hillary Clinton's not, or Hillary, yeah, Hillary's not up for a lecture. Donald Trump's not in this <laughs> yeah. election, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you get that a lot on, on local races. People should pay attention. I mean, I think people should pay attention to local races. They don't really quite comprehend sometimes how much local government has power in their life, but they, yeah. they don't. And so. that's, that's one of the big reasons why we have the podcast. I mean, we bring on local elected officials quite a bit, um, but we also bring on local business owners and, and anything that's kind of doing, anybody that's kind of doing big things in, in the area. But the last two election cycles, is that right? We've done election edition is what we've been calling it because we're not that creative. Uh, and, we, and we brought on like every candidate. Yeah, um, for the municipal races. For the yeah. municipal races, right. yeah. Um, county board's a bit too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> municipal races seem like too What's much. What's the county board do? Uh, uh, <laughs> municipal races seem like too much. Yeah. Um, so what does county board do, Chuck? I mean, it, like, I think that's a good question that a lot of people don't know. Well, we do have supervision over the McLean County uh, Circuit Clerk's Office, the McLean County Clerk's Office, the Sheriff's Department. The uh, So we're over the courts. I said Circuit Clerk. We're over the Juvenile Detention Center. We're over animal control. We control the McLean County Nursing Home. Um, uh, we have supervision over the Treasurer's Office and the Auditor's Office. And so those are important government agencies, and they work a lot with local government. I mean, even with the city of Bloomington and the town of Normal, they work with them. But 
we have supervision over those, and then basically we're in charge of the county. I mean, you know, there are county roads. There is there is life outside Bloomington normal, and there are, um, you know, there's a lot of territory out there that the county covers, you know, including the highway department, which we also have supervision over. Um, so people don't realize that basically we do control the jail, we do control the courts, we do control, we don't control them, I guess, but we have supervision over sure. them. So. And there's, it's a committee structure. It is. There's right. 20 members, and uh, unlike uh, town and city government, which is a committee of the whole, we basically have a committee structure. We're more like the legislature in that we have like a, like a land use committee and a transportation committee and a justice committee and a finance committee and a health committee. And I'm probably going to forget property committee. And so, you know, I mean, we have all these committees and basically members are assigned to a committee, usually two committees, and then um, things pass a committee, then they go to the executive committee, and then they go to the full county board. So that's kind of the way the county board does it, through committee. And I think it really works well for us because, you know, there's sometimes the committees kind of specialize in on certain things. And unlike where you have a committee of the whole where they're addressing everything at that meeting that night, you know, like the town of Normal, City of Bloomington, sometimes their meetings are long. But they're addressing a lot of issues. Right. I mean, because everything comes before them, okay? So, you know, our meetings, our committee meetings aren't as uh, long as times as those meetings are. Sometimes they are, but usually they're not. But if you're interested in a county issue and you really, really have an interest in it, the best way to follow something through the county, uh, county government is try to figure out what committee it's assigned to and start going to the committee meetings and try to address it there. Because basically, if you can alter it at the committee level, uh, most things that get out of committee generally come close to passing on the county board if they're out of committee. So, um, And if they get voted down in committee, it's, they're not likely going to pass the full county board. So, so if you have an issue that really is uh, important to you, then you sh should come address that committee. And how often do like committees meet? How often does the board as a whole meet? The committees meet once a month. Each committee meets once a month. The executive committee then meet once a month, and then the county board meets once a month. Okay. So sometimes we have special meetings if there's sure. special issues, but then we, we address those special issues at that meeting. So. Yeah. And the, does the chair assign everyone to the committees? How does that process work? Yeah, the, the, what, when we have, um, after an election, we elect a county board chair. Then the county board chair does eventually sign people certain committees, okay? So, I mean, generally you try to balance them out. I mean, you don't, I mean, you're not really trying to make them partisan, but sometimes, you know, if you have more experienced Republicans, they're going to be on, you try to use experience as one of your major criteria. That's the way the county board has always done it, is, is tried to be less partisan about it. Now, I know there's some Democrats that probably disagree with me on that, but... Um, but, uh, you know, they try to ba balance it out by experience. Because, I mean, it's kind of like in the legislature. I mean, you get elected, you get assigned to the dog catching committee, okay? I mean, you know, it's not the sexy committee you want to be on, but you got to be there a few years, and you get on the, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you get you get, you get assigned to other committees. Yeah. It's, do the members get to request which ones they'd like to be they on. can they yep. can they can state a preference but generally if you're new you're probably not going to sit on justice or finance okay yep. I mean, usually the more experienced members get those those positions mm -hmm. and then 
um, as you've been there for a while. If you're lucky, sometimes you do, but generally you don't. Yeah, Those, so. um, especially the finance ones. Is uh, I know I know enough about municipal finance to know that it's very confusing and specialized, and so I assume that the county finances follow similar rules and. Um, it's going to be a rare person who comes in with any kind of toehold to be able to understand this stuff. So it makes uh, it can I, be I hard. Can see the logic. It, it, I mean, sometimes even I have to still ask questions because I don't get it. And so I'll just be honest, I don't get it. I mean, I got to mean, but that's what I'm there for. I'm a representative of the people. Yeah. We're not full time legislators, we're not full time people. We do it part time, you know, and I always say that the. The expertise that uh, elected officials bring to any position they're in is their sense of what the community is thinking. I mean, that's what they bring to the table. You know, sometimes the bureaucrats who don't have to answer to an electorate sometimes see the world differently than those of us who have to say, listen, you really think I can go out there and tell constituents that? You can't do it. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, which committees are you on? I am on the executive committee. I'm, on, I'm the chairman of the justice committee. I serve on the finance committee, and I'm on the rules subcommittee. Okay. So, how how does your uh, twelve year uh, going on twelve year tenure rank on the county board? Are you one of the more veteran um, representatives? So, or? so it's John, George Went, Susan Schaefer, and Jim Soldier. Yeah, there are. Since Lori's leaving, um, there's four members that have more seniority than I do. So They've been on there longer than I have. So you're fifth out of twenty. Fifth, yeah, fifth yeah. out of twenty. Yeah. What's What's been the biggest change you've seen over that time? Well, I think I think people are more. Uh, let's say this diplomatically. I mean, um, people come to the board and they come with strongly held opinions. And it used to be, it used to be more of the idea that you know you get on the board, you you, you sit over in your corner, you shut up for six months, and you watch, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think more people are now coming on the board with it with a different perspective. They're like, you know what? I was elected to do something, not sit over in a corner and keep my mouth shut, okay? Sure. I mean, so I mean, I think there's there's more strongly held opinions are more asserted now than they used to be, I think. So, well, I think the, and, and I mean, I'm just guessing because this is true for a lot of different things, but like the speed in which someone gets up to speed can be so much faster because the information that's available today compared to 10 years ago, right? right? Like, right. like when a, a newly elected county board representative comes on, they probably can look back online and find all the minutes, find all this information, get up to speed on issues very quickly and be able to contribute yeah. more quickly than they would be before. Then it helps if, you, if you're running for the county board and you're new to have a mentor, have someone on the county board who kind of understands the issues a little bit too, talk to you, talk you through them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's always helpful to anybody who's running for any office is that, you know, if you're running for this office to talk to somebody who's in that seat to kind of, I mean, think about the state legislature. We don't really understand every issue that's going on. I mean, we get some information, but we don't understand them as well as they do. And, you know, and so, you know, I always hate when elected officials say, well, you just don't understand the issue. Well, you don't you think it's your job then to explain it to me? I mean, yeah. you know, I don't understand it, then help me understand it, you know? I think you could understand how, you said you're trying to put it diplomatically. I think you could understand how people who are elected could take that the wrong way, right? Yeah. Of like, uh, as if you don't value their opinion or what they're bringing to the table. So. Yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, I, I, I mean, at least the committees I run, I guess you'd have to ask the committee members, but I mean, I try to be fair in letting them present their views. I mean, 
you know, there's there's times when I get criticized by a committee member, and it's just like, you know, you got to put on your big boy pants and you got to listen to it. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you got to take it. I mean, you can't let you can't let yourself get too flustered. I mean, you are elected to do something, and I think part of your right of being elected is your right to have an opinion. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you have a right to have an opinion. I don't have to like your opinion, mm-hmm. but you have a right to an opinion. You have a right to express it. And so I think the county board does allow people to do that. So I think, I mean, so that's my perspective anyway. Have I can f- talk about controversial issues too if you want. I mean, it's you up to fire you. me up. I mean, you know, it's I mean, up I to you. I'm I don't up. think I get fired up. I mean, I think Justin and I don't always see eye to eye on every issue. But I know that he he had presented some. Edi- I wish he pushed this more too. <laughs> he would wrote an editorial about how we need to uh, streamline government a little bit. It's like we got all you know. You try to work through a bureaucracy and you try to get something done. It's like you got to ask this person, this person, and this person. You you remember when you I wrote do. that? I, do, I mean, yeah. you know, and I'd agree with you on that one hundred percent. I mean, you find that that sometimes in elected office. Well, that's not the way we've ever done it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, so we can't do it that way. Well, actually, you could. I mean, you and, know. And I think it goes back to your, your uh, thought on the bureaucrats, the people that, that have worked in there for so long, don't understand the implications of what they're doing either. Like, right, right. Um, I mean, Tyson and I both sit on Bloomington Planning Commission, and we just had an issue where a case got delayed. and. To, to some staff, it's like, oh, we don't have enough. We don't have enough people because of this reason, so it's got to get delayed for a month. But those are the, that's a consequence of us moving our meetings from twice a month to once a month. That's a consequence of the um, petitioner now having to delay their project a month, costing right. them more money, right. cost the city more money. They got to repost in the paper and the signs and all that work uh, to do that. They, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think. I don't think they fully understand how hard it is for, in this case, a petitioner to get all the information they need, come show up to a meeting, and then to have it delayed another month. Right. Even as an attorney, as you're trying to walk them through, you think, you're thinking, God, I hope I don't miss some issue here yeah. that I should have seen, you know, because you may get everything set up, and you're like, well, you forgot to apply for this permit. Oh. Yeah. For the love of God, I didn't even know I had to, you know? I mean, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, so I, I hope you continue to push it. I always, when I talk to the EDC, I wish the EDC would make that more of their mission. I get their mission is to try to bring in business and try to market McLean County into the bigger world, but sometimes I wish the EDC would also focus on what about the people are here who want to start a business? How can it be streamlined for them yeah. so you know they don't have to sit there and fight all this bureaucracy? Because sometimes... If you're new and you go up to the bureaucrat, I, mean, I, I don't mean to say bureaucrats in a row. I mean, but they have been doing the job for a while and they get used to a certain way of doing things. And you're trying to say, well, you know, maybe we, should, we could do this different, or me and this. Like, well, wait a minute, we've never done it that way. It's like change isn't always bad. Yeah. I mean, change can be good too, you know. And so, and so anyway, go ahead. John. No, I was just going to say, I think the EDC does a good job of. I mean, obviously, you know, works at Rivian and those types of things. They do a good job of bringing in business. Uh, they, get, they do a good job of bringing people to the party. We just got to make sure people are having fun at the party. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can have a good time at the party, you yeah. know. I mean, because once I'm trying to get through everything, there's local guys who want to start. I mean, who knows? You know, maybe someday we'll have the next Bill Gates in McLean County. You know, he's out there in the. Was it Bill Gates? Was, I always get him and Steve Jobs, but they're out there in their garage right. making computers. I mean, you know, and yeah. it's just like, yeah. you know, who would ever think you could do that? You know? Whereas right now, I, um, I'm not sure with our current zoning laws, you'd be allowed to start a business in your garage, actually. So, I know. I, I understand that. <laughs> I've, I mean, heard, I've heard uh, that be pointed out before. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned controversial issues. What's the largest controversial issue you've seen over 10 years? The one that caused the most, like... 
Oh, wow. Up um, at night type thing, media attention, whatever, however you want to gauge or measure that. What's the one issue that you think, wow, that was, I don't know if we'll ever meet that again. Well, I mean, sometimes the the appointments are like like if there's an opening for state's attorney, that gets really like, oh my gosh, everybody cares about that. And you know, but I mean, they don't care about you know. The, there's the, we're going to talk about tax increases, we're going to talk about budget or anything like that. So they they kind of consider that a snoozer. If you're going to put in like a um, well, let's let's just say like you know, or like Rivian was kind of a big issue. I mean. I, I voted to give Rivian the incentives, and the reason I did so was because I didn't think our choices were good. And, you, and you, if you go back to that point in time, nobody knew a lot about Rivian. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a gamble. And if you did research on RJ, you probably would have been a little scared. I think that was an appropriate yeah. re- emotion to have. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think people who were a little hesitant at the time had some justification but then you had to think of the alternative. I mean, it's just this concrete pad sitting out there, and it's not doing anything. And how are we going to take that thing up and make it farmland? What are you going to do with it? I mean, so, you know, it just seemed to me that, you know, we've got to take the gamble here, and we've got to go with this company and see what they can do. And, I mean, already, what a, what a payoff on the gamble. Yeah, just yeah. The I, mean, yeah. I mean, but it was hard to say at the time. Of course, yeah. You know, hey, this is going to be – and it's easier for your critics to say, hey, that didn't work out. You know, you paid – you gave these incentives to people. And, and they came in here and they did things. And, you know, but, hey, it, for Rivian, it did work out, and I'm happy it has been. So, and I, I really hope that, that the uh, – their product dominates the market. I mean, I hope they can really take on Tesla and say, hey, we're here to stay and we're not going anywhere. Yeah, see more and more around town, for sure. I know, they're awesome looking cars. They are, they are. I mean, the the redistricting got a little uh, contentious in there. Um, That's right, the redistricting. Yeah, yeah. we did a a couple episodes on that where uh, it was was an interesting topic. Um, I just, I, I was just delighted by the way it, it worked out honestly I yeah. thought um, in particular uh, you know I'm not uh, I'm not John McIntyre's biggest fan but I think it showed a lot of wisdom and leadership mm-hmm. to, to form the committees in the way that that, that, that was done and um, pretty groundbreaking honestly <clears throat> I don't know that other counties are doing things like we did with our redistricting commission but um, yeah, so I think something to be proud of there, but uh, there was, seemed like there was quite a bit of engagement. It was, I mean, but I think the, well, let's give you an idea. When I got on the county board, this was 2011, I decided I'm going to have a fundraiser. I'm not going to say the name of the county board member. They came up to me and said, Chuck, county board members don't have fundraisers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, really? Yeah, this is why you guys end up losing seats, okay? <laughs> you don't run for your seat. You just think it should be given to you, okay? I mean, it used to be in McLean County, if you had an R behind your name, you were pretty well, pretty in good, sh- in good shape. That's not true anymore. I mean, I'd yeah. say McLean County's more purple now. And so, you know, you have to go out there and earn the vote. So if you got good candidates, I should be careful about the way I say this. If you got good <laughs> candidates... Your district still matters, but it doesn't matter as much if you're willing to go out and ask people, hey, I would like to have your vote. I mean, I think even in local elections, people like to be asked, would you vote for me? I mean, I know you'll knock on their door and they're like, hey, I'm watching the Iowa State, Iowa basketball game. You know, why are you bothering me? I mean, you know, know, but I mean, 
But I still think when you're done, they appreciate the fact, hey, at least they asked. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. That is a, that's an interesting thing I've seen uh, you know, to, to generalize. There, there's different talking points that seem to resonate with Republicans versus Democrats. Mm-hmm. And something that I hear from um, Republicans in the county board or from conservatives running for municipal races is, like, priding themselves on not having raised money. Like, I will hear people say, like, oh, I haven't, you know, taken a, a dime of donations from this or, like, I, I'm, you know, just doing this all, like... You know, for a thousand dollars or something, and I'm, I'm, someone I'm, who, I'm self-funding my campaign. I'm self-funding, yeah. and to me, from as a person who like has worked on campaigns before and managed campaigns, I'm like, dude, why did you ask him for money? Like, get that money, man! It's out there. Yeah, ask for it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it I seems mean, like a strange thing, but I think maybe is it like part of? Does that do you think resonates with certain types of conservative voters? Because it's like they're they're frugal, they're they're fiscally responsible, they're they're confident. They're I mean, well, I mean, I think that's one of the things I've had to try to educate conservatives on is that you're going to start raising money. I mean, you got to stop this thinking that because there's an R behind my name, I got it exactly because your competition is raising money. I your think competition yeah. is out there working. I hate to break this to you. I mean, they are out there working, and and yeah. and you got to take the last election, 2020. Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the be blunt, okay? Some of the Democrats work their rear ends off to win those seats. And some of the Republicans, you know, if I win, it'd be great. <laughs> I don't win yeah. it, you know? I mean, it's just like, well, I mean, I'm going to just say this. Generally, the person who wins is the guy who wants to win it. Or yep. The girl, I mean, the, uh, the woman. I mean, whoever wants to win it, wins it. I mean, because I still think people do think R&D a little bit in local elections, but not as much as they do other elections, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right. I mean, it's usually the one that works hardest. Yeah, I mean that's they been, want it. Um, not all the time. Not all the time. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, not all the time. Some things are gerrymandered, and um, I mean, I I don't know that it's worth the Democrats running anyone in a countywide race, given the experience that Rob Fazzini and um, I would uh, say not Nikki, yet. Yeah, but it's, you know, as more people move into town. You know, I don't know what the demographic's going to look like then, because, you know, Rivian's pulling people in here, and I don't know that they're all Republicans, and yeah. I don't know that, you know, that, you know, who's coming in, I mean, is going to be that way. But I think that's true in a countywide race. Yeah. But if the Republican works at it, they probably should win it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably should. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, it, it's frustrating to see those. There's definitely races that come to mind where the margin is so small that you just see, like, the, the difference with that was effort put yeah. in, right? And to, well, it is. If your I candidate mean, of choice didn't put in that effort, it's it's really frustrating. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to say the candidate. I told him, what he, he's like, it was in October, and I'm like, what what do I need to do to win? And um, I said, well, you need to go out there and talk to people. I mean, you need to go out there and do what you Besides do. Besides that. You know, I mean, no. Well, I mean, other people told this candidate that, well, you know, you don't really need You've got it won. Well, the person didn't win. Yeah. Okay, it's like, uh, you don't have it won anymore. I mean, even in my district, I don't think you have it won. If, someone, if you're not telling people, hey, I'm running for the county board, I'd like to have your vote. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like... This kind of gets us into what you did as chair, so I'm interested in hearing about some of your experiences. So you said it was two years you did it? Four. Four years. Okay, yeah. two two-year terms. Yeah. Is that, okay. Yeah. All right. So one of the things you would do there would be to try to recruit candidates, right? Try to do that. Yeah. You um, try to do that. You have, um, uh, you try to recruit good candidates, too. And there's always, I don't know how the parties do it anymore because the, the parties are so, like, 
you've got the hard left and hard right, and they want their own candidates, and the parties want this and <laughs> want this and that, and um, it's just hard to do it sometimes. But I always looked at being like party chairman and was like, I don't know if I'm the best at this, but you got to try to be the father figure. The kids are fighting, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. try to get them to work together. Hey. You know, we got one goal. I mean, you know, we're not going to, I mean, it's eight, Reagan said, you know, my, uh, I always butcher the, the quote, but my 80% friend is not my, my enemy. The guy who votes with me 80% of my time is still my friend, you yeah. know. Yeah. Kind of like that. It's like, well, you're not going to get a candidate that you're going to agree with. I mean, if you want a candidate you agree with 100% of the time, I think you better run for office yourself. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, that's I don't usually agree with myself 100% of the time either. You so. know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do. But be, being party chairman, yeah, you do try to recruit yeah. candidates. You do try to. Some of the harder things you have to do is when um, I was the uh, chairman when uh, Darren LaHood was first uh, running, and he was running, running against a guy from Quincy in the Republican primary, and um, uh, I think Darren's been a fairly conservative vote, and, and I think most people would agree with that, but there were conservatives in the party that were concerned about that when he ran, and um, I can't think of the guy's name who ran, but um, anyway, uh, you know, he ran, and, and trying to keep the party factions from not killing each other was some, somewhat difficult. Yeah, with heated primaries, I'm sure that's a... Yeah, it is. It's tough. It's difficult on the party chairman because it's almost like I always took the position that the party... I'm getting criticized for this now, but I always took the position the party chairman should try to be neutral. Well, now a lot of people think the party should tell the people who's going to be it so we don't have all this bickering. Uh-huh. And I'm always... I was always more of the opinion, well, I don't like the party bosses picking... The people. I think that there ought to be primaries and let the party kind of decide the direction it wishes to go. Yeah. I know. I enjoy the heated debate, whether it's with the parties or, or on the board level as a whole. Like, that's good. It, the, the the negative part of that is when it gets personal. Yeah. You know. I mean, I. I, I, I used to frequent, and I still do, frequent Rosie's quite often. And I know after county board meetings, I used to always love seeing yeah. everybody come together yeah, at Rosie's, used to, right? Yeah, we do sometimes, um, yeah. I mean, that, that was, that's how it should be. It should be, a, hey, I don't agree with you on this issue, but maybe we'll get together on a different one. Let's yeah. go have a drink after this, or let's go grab dinner. Like, that, that's what's, I, that's the biggest change I've seen in local politics over the last five years, at least. I wish people would try to keep politics like, okay, there is a time when I'm supposed to run against you, okay? And when that time comes, when the campaign season comes, I do have to be, hey, these are my views. I disagree with your views, okay? I want to be elected. Once the election's over with, at some point, though, you gotta, you got to understand, that's the person that was elected. You've got to work with them. you got to talk to them. Yeah. Because sometimes, uh, you know, for example, I don't want to I better not say the Democrat's name who called me yesterday because that might give her problems in her own party. But, you know, but I mean, um, you know, I mean, uh, she called me yesterday and we were talking about an issue that's coming before the county board. I mean, I talk to, to, to them all the time when they call me. I don't have a problem with it. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, and, and they know I feel a certain way about things and I know they feel a certain way about things. But sometimes, I will say this, sometimes when you listen, you can kind of, if you're listening, and not so much focused on your position, and I don't do this perfectly, so I don't claim to be a saint at it. I don't do it perfectly a lot of times. But, I mean, if you're really listening, you can find points of agreement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're really listening, you can find them. I mean, if you, but you got to listen. 
especially on something like gas chambers and uh, <laughs> and, and puppies. Yeah, and puppies. That's a, yeah. Well, you you wouldn't believe the, how how the be polite. I mean, the opposition I got from from people in the administration and other places. Better be careful. Well, they're like, you can't do that, Chuck. I mean, this is what are, what are you upset about? You gonna try to make this no kill? I'm like, I'm not trying to make a no kill. But I mean, there. Are, but if you encourage adoption, well, I, think that, I think that would be a good. A result, right? I mean, yeah. like, if ideally we got to a point where we weren't killing any animals, it seems like that would be something we could agree would be a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, we could get I mean, to that point. I mean, sometimes I think that... It doesn't seem like a... You know, I, like, I, I man, if we're not killing puppies every now and then, I don't know what we're doing out I here. I think right if now. you have... If, sometimes you do have a bad animal, and you and they yes. take it to the no-kill shelter, and the no-kill shelter tries to reform it, and it gives it to somebody else, and the dog reverts back to its old behavior, and yeah. it's just like, what are you going to do at exactly, some point? Yeah. I mean, it's like you can't you can't let the animal hurt human beings. It's one of the reasons I, um, we're going on a rabbit hole here, but it's one of the reasons I really like to foster dogs is because you get some dogs that came from uh, troubling backgrounds, yeah. and you can try to work with them. You can try to have them be socialized with different things. I've got yeah. kids, a cat, and a dog in my house, and so you can kind of see how they do with different types of reactions and um right now we've got three which one just got adopted we've got two that were never socialized with people at all they were very scared and they still are just if, like if i walk up to them in particular they just cower in the corner oh my god that breaks them. my heart and so like i just today we were watching home alone and i went and grabbed one of them and just like while we sitting on the couch just put her on my lap just pet her I it's fine you can be here and you think about that environment versus being locked in a cage, waiting they to need to be shown love. Yeah, and so it's so um, they haven't experienced love, then they don't like you. I mean, because you have no one's ever shown them love. Yeah, you know, so. Pet, Pet Central helps is who who coordinates that fostering. And um, we did a podcast episode with those if anyone wants to hear about it. But uh, yeah, they're they're a great organization. Just, yeah. I can't plug them enough. Really, did yeah. you get yours from Pet yeah, Central? Yeah, we adopted one of our dogs. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know when you go out and Justin probably knows this some. I mean, you go out, you're knocking on doors. You'd be surprised how many people have pets. Oh, well. I mean, I mean, it is yeah. incredible. I, I mean, it, you just like just about it, every person, or probably about I'd probably half to three quarters have an animal. I've gotten in I trouble mean, with <laughs> I've gotten in trouble with candidates because a dog will run up to me and I won't be paying any attention to the conversation. I'll just be playing with the dog. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you're supposed to be taking notes on what they care about. I'm like, well, I was playing with you know sparkles over here. Yeah, so. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, uh, yep. I yep. just looked it up. There's. Uh, 77 million dogs in the United States. Um, I was trying to remember how many guns there were. How many guns in the United States? <laughs> I don't know why that correlates. 72 million. I just feel like uh, it's a very like American thing to have a dog and a gun. And oh, a gun, I, I, yeah. yeah. No, there's, right. there's more guns there. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, trying you know, to pivot. Dogs will catch up eventually, I'm try, sure. Will they? <laughs> will they? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they won't. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. you know, that was an issue that I actually had to get a vet come talk to the committee i had to get some i had to get a talk to a, a vet in another county said you know no one uses the gas chamber anymore <laughs> i mean we haven't used that for years oh. i know because the vet we have doesn't want to change i mean you know i mean that's the way he's done it he's not going to change it now yeah. i mean you know I, I see that with lots of um with lots of interactions with the city is that there's there's like accepted way, accepted methods of practice or accepted standards and guidelines, and they're real hesitant to deviate from those standards and guidelines because it, uh, I think they're they're worried in some cases rightly that it could create liability, right? So if uh, if a street engineer, I think about transportation a lot. So um, you know if uh, think about the person who just got killed in uh, 
in normal, right, on, on College mm-hmm. Avenue. So if while they're trying, and they're doing, like, an analysis at that intersection, if while they're doing analysis at that intersection, the Public Works Department said, hey, we're going to just put up some, like, warning cones or, like, bring that down to one lane in that area while we're doing this study just to make sure, like, nothing else happens, right? I think they'd be very, very hesitant to do that because that's not what they do, right? It's not in the standards yeah. and stuff. And so you almost... Uh, and I've heard, I've actually heard from people who are on city staff say, sometimes I need the council to tell me to do something against the standards because it's the right thing to do. But like, I can't propose that. <laughs> like, yeah. I need the elected official because they're covered. They, they're covered from liability. But the elected yeah. official can say like, um, you know, do this approach instead of that, and that's like kind of how it needs to work out in the system. I know um, you get some department heads. That- like this is my territory. I run it. Don't interfere. And you get other yeah. part, like other department heads, and say, "Yes, I, I'm willing to take suggestions." Suggestions, but I mean, it's nice to have uh, people that are giving these people ideas. I'm not saying that the, the department heads don't have expertise for sure, yeah. and they don't understand some things. But sometimes they do tend to. We we all do this. We all get locked in about the way we do something, and someone comes along and says, "You know, you really could." It do that a whole lot easier. You're like, wow, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Well, this kind of that tension, um, I just saw one story about it, so I'd be curious to know more detail. The um, the sheriff, was it the sheriff or the like the prison and, and tablets being purchased for that or something? It's like the conversation about whether the the board needs to approve that expense or not, or like, again, well, I, I mean, and the other side would have differences with me about it, but um, you know, I mean the but tablets really were a way to to make it easier on the prisoners to get to get their stuff. I mean and to some extent it's cheaper. I can't remember all the things we were charging them for because, you know, you don't have to lick a stamp and pay 56 cents to, to mail it into, and the, and the prison was having problems with some people trying to get things in into the prison through the mail. I mean, they are just into the jail through the mail. So, yes, we had an issue on the tablets. It ultimately came out. I mean, I'll, I'll give you my perspective, and if you talk to uh, Member Chung or somebody else, I'm sure they'll tell you something else. But um, from my perspective, we uh, ultimately, I wanted to bring it back up for rediscussion. So I tried to take it off the table. It was tabled in uh, October, which means basically we're not going to talk about it unless somebody brings it up. So in November, I brought it back up. And it was, it was killed 10 to 10, okay? So we couldn't rediscuss it. To me, I think that would have been the start because we should have brought back up a rediscussion about it and maybe we'd had a resolution that way as opposed to what ultimately happened. The sheriff then said to himself, okay, question, do I have the legal authority to do this on my own? And he went to the state's attorney and the state's attorney said, yes, I think you do have the legal authority to do this on your own. Sheriff, well then I'm just gonna do it myself. I mean, that's kind of the way it and, went. And yeah. it was, so just the, the fact of it, what he was doing was buying more tablets, or what was what was the actual Well, I think, I think the, the issue more was he was, the inmates were going to have to pay some amount of money, which I didn't think was an exorbitant amount of money for some of the services. But the idea was that by them paying the money, it was actually cheaper for their families because okay. they would have to pay for mail and other stuff to get things in. And so, what the and and the the 
one group of people said, you know what, you shouldn't be profiting off these inmates. So it was about whether to charge for being... Yeah, and the other group was saying, well, yeah, but the families are paying for some of this stuff anyway, and some of the things, the tablets they give them, were for free. I mean, they, you know, you could get some reading material, you could get some help material, you could get a Bible if you wanted one, you could get everything on these tablets that, that you know, wasn't costing you anything, and if they get it right, they could... They were charging one way for emails. You could send out an email, but if someone wanted to send one in, because I don't think they were trying to stop the prisoner from sending something out saying, hey, I don't, something's going on in here. Come out and tell somebody, you know. I mean, so I don't think they I think they were more concerned about what was coming in. And, and so instead of having people paying money for stamps and having it mailed, they just thought, well, we'll do emails and we'll charge you a little less than what the stamps would be. And... Um, some people are like, no, I don't think you should be making a profit off that. Okay. We were, on the other hand, just saying, yeah, but the families are paying some anyway, and it's actually cheaper for them to do it this way. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. Okay. I don't know if that so helps. That a, I mean, I yeah. suppose if you bring in the other side, they're going to say, oh, Erickson's full of crap on that one. I don't know what Is that a place about. where you do feel like you could, uh, <laughs> I mean, is that a place where you do feel like you could talk to one of the Democrats and come to like a middle On that issue, we had a hard time. Anybody had a hard time talking to each other because we kind of got pretty much uh, uh, set in our ways on it. And, um, you know, but take the issue of a windmill. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, the... Everybody agrees, I think, that these big corporations or these companies shouldn't just come in, do whatever the heck they want, Put up their windmill and then leave. I mean, you know, you got a responsibility for what you're doing out there, you know, to your neighbors, to the roads, to everything else. So I think you're going to see some agreement on, um, on both sides of the party that, hey, this thing could be done. But the one group has to understand this side isn't trying to kill windmills by doing this. We're just trying, and the other group has to say, understand this people isn't trying to promote windmills, they're trying to find a common ground where we can say to these companies that come in here, you do have some responsibilities when you come in here and when you start to leave that we want to make sure are done. And um, I think you'll find some uh, bipartisan agreement on that in the future. I think you're going to see that. So I think that messaging is what clouds up a lot of issues, right? It, I think it would be better if one side were, to, were able to tell the public, hey, this is what the other side wants, this is what we want, we're going to try to find a way. But what happens instead is one side tells the public, the other side wants this, and that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And they really extreme, like, go to the extreme on what they're trying right. to do, and then it causes more of this uproar where instead, I think it's a messaging problem is my point. Like, I, I think, again, most local issues, there's a common ground that people could come to. But instead, we want to point fingers at why the other person's doing it wrong instead of... yeah. Where well, we could come together. And that was one of those issues that if you listen, if you really listen to what the other side is saying, you could come, you could find agreement. I mean, you know, because I went at the end of a county board meeting and I said, okay, we approved this wind farm, but I really think that there's some things that we can clean up in these ordinances. And I think that the, I think we could find bipartisan agreement. And uh, I know that there are some people that are working on that right now. So, um, and it's not to, so some people aren't listening and thinking it's not to exclude wind farms. That's not the bipartisan agreement. The agreement is you're coming in here, you're going to have to be a responsible company. You just can't come in here, put your thing up, go. And good luck, you guys. You know, I mean, you know, because sometimes the 
something you got to understand with the wind farms is that the people that are actually running them out don't actually live there. Okay, I mean, some of the farmland, they don't own it. They're down in Florida or they're someplace else. Or corporations, they don't live there. It doesn't even really affect them. But, you know, they're a business person too, and they want to make money. And having a, wind, having a windmill out there makes them money, and they want the revenue from it. And they're like, it's my land. I ought to be able to do what I want with it, okay? And the other side is like, yeah, but you still can't, you know, you got neighbors. And so we're trying to figure out how to, to work that out, so. Yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but do you, do you feel like as a elected Republican that you get, you get um, things put on you or attributed to you or you get, uh, you get uh, chalked up as things that you aren't really, like criticized for things that are just about people's opinions of Republicans in general? Well, I, d- I do. You. I think I get criticized, but I mean, I think everybody thinks they get criticized unfairly, and so I don't yeah. know. Maybe I don't, but... You know, that's what I think sometimes. Yeah. But I, I just think that uh, you also got to put on your, your big person pants. Sorry to say it that way, but you're in politics. You're going to have your critics. There's no way to get out of it. Um, if you don't want to have critics, probably the best choice for you is not to take a position on anything and not run for office. Yeah. But I, as. <laughs> That's not even a... Well, yeah, I had not run for office. I've seen people also run for office and then not take a position on anything, and that doesn't work out well for them. No, either, I know. So. You've got to take a position. I mean, I think voters have a right to know where you stand. Yeah. I mean, voters want to know, you know, how does this person feel about things? Yeah. And like we discussed initially, usually they do that by asking you about national issues because they don't know all the county board issues. Right? Yeah. They don't ask you about that. I guess and whether I that's getting, fair or not, I don't know, but I think people do that. Yeah. I guess what I was getting at is if, like, if you're, like, if there's somebody you're supposed to be working with, but they're calling you, um, like, racist or evil capitalist. No, or, I've been like, called a, racist. All these yes. things. I mean, I mean that, um, that doesn't that doesn't make it easier for you to to well, be generous to the other side. It, right? it makes it harder, but I mean, you know, I had a person uh, threaten to. Um, get a group of people together and protest outside my house you know and he he just he sent this he sent me these these things over facebook and he was calling me names and i finally just said i I don't know i don't know if this guy's a stable person or not you don't know i mean you don't so i did call the police i said you know i'm getting these these things i want you to you know and um from what I understand, the police talked to me, and the police were kind of like, well, you know, it is kind of like, you know, he can be, he can do certain things, you know, there's only so much we can do. I said, I know, but I just, I want someone to know that I'm getting these complaints. And um, and they went out and talked to this um, person. Next thing I know, I get an email, or, hey, I'm sorry about all that. I never really meant that. I wasn't going to come, like, well, how was I supposed to know? Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. you know, how was I supposed to know? People, and, I mean, <laughs> and people blur, the, people don't understand there's actually people behind some of those, Yeah. you know, emails or, or comments also. Um, and it can be scary. I mean, I, shit, I was not even an elected official. I had people show up at my old office, um, you know, and they were, they were on the left. So yeah. it's, uh, it's I, I think people forget to humanize some of the elected officials and volunteers and those types of things. That, yeah, I mean, and I mean, nobody wants your, you know, Chuck is a racist. Yeah. Yes, you know, with a big sign out in front of your neighbors. I mean, no one wants that. I mean, yeah. you know, I hate, 
you know, I mean, so, I mean, and I didn't want it, and um, fortunately no one ever showed up, but, you know, you just never know. You know, I just, it made me think more about, I need to, like, not put my address out there, because I don't want people to know where I'm at. Yeah. I'm I sure mean, I, I kind of didn't, don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm you sure know? you recognize it goes the other way, too. It's not just isolated to one side no I'm, well. sure, I'm sure um, it goes yeah. both ways and because you do have people that have, that they have very strongly held opinions and I'm not blaming one side when I say that to the other and I'm not saying the other side doesn't experience it either I mean there are members of the county board that well, I think this was a compliment to me I mean um, you know the member came up to me and said you know I don't agree with you or anything but at least you always respected me okay. yeah yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I'm just like, well, yeah, I mean, because you weren't, you weren't disrespectful to me, okay? And I, I don't try to be disrespectful to anybody. You know, I guess maybe sometimes when you have strongly held opinions, sometimes it can come across that way, but I don't try to be, you know? I, yeah. I don't think that everybody's a human being, and we all have thoughts and opinions, and we all have strongly held views, and, and so, but and that's what politics is about, is sorting out which views are going to be go forward it really is that's what in my mind you know what is kind of politics what do you see as the biggest issues coming up over the next year or two on county board on the county board it would probably be we've got the um uh federal funds and the proper way to spend those the uh there are some members on the county board that are taking the view that the county has Neglected building some things or repairing things in the last few years, and those things need to get fixed. And I'm not opposed to fixing them. That wasn't my. Ob- what types of things like bridges or like buildings? Well, or- bridges. You know, placing an elevator, fixing something out at uh, Kamlara Park. You know, and fixing things. And I don't think anybody's opposed to getting those things fixed. But I think you have to understand the history and uh, what's been going on. Is that whether you like it or not, in 2015 or 2014, I can't remember, but we put in the new jail, and the reason we we had just got done paying off the old jail, now we're going to go back into debt, issue bonds to put in a new jail. And the reason we put in that jail, at least this is what was explained to me, that we were concerned that the jail didn't meet certain standards. It didn't really accommodate the mentally ill. It didn't accommodate other types of things that they didn't worry about when that first jail was, was put in. And so they wanted a more modern jail to make sure it accommodated those things, okay? But to do so, we went into debt to do it. And, um, you know, I I think that could be, um, you know, I I think there'll be some issues between the sheriff and and certain people on the county board that they'll, you know, they they, they tend to talk at criminal justice differently than I do. Let's just put it that way, okay? And I think there'll be those issues that we're going to be trying to work on going into the future. And it's always the how you spend the money. I mean, these federal funds, what are we going to do with them? And it's always going to be the budget. I mean, even though the county board is, in my view, very fiscally conservative, there's some people think that we've been kind of stingy, and I don't think we have been, but they're going to want to do certain things. And so I would probably say going forward, the thing is just, how are we going to deal with their money from the rescue funds from the federal government? How are we going to do on criminal justice issues? I think there's going to be that issue in the jail. And I think the, there's going to be issues just about the budget in general and uh, how we're going to handle those issues. So, yeah. And when are, 
when are you up for election again? Everybody on the county board is up for election in 2022. Every single member, all 22. I'm 20. 22, what the? Because of the 20. So (laughs) 2022, 20 board members. Yeah, 20 board members are up for election, yes. And and then some are going to serve two-year terms and some four, correct? Yes, because if you win the election, then it's going to be two each. There's 10 districts. You're going to elect two people per district, okay? After the election, the two people are going to draw out of a hat. Do I get the two-year term? Do I get the four-year term? And you're going to get which term you get, and then they'll be staggered after that. And that happens after every um, census. You have to re, to re, redo the district. And so we did this in 2012, and now we're going to do it again in, in 2022 because I was there in 2012 when we did it. I had just gotten out of election, and I just said, you know what? I just got out of election. I'm used to doing it. I'll just take the two-year term and get it out of the way. You know, I mean, I just thought that's the way I looked at it. But, yeah. you know, but some people, it was like, I don't want to do another election for another four years. So so are you going to be running again in 2022? Um, I would say that I'm 60-40 in favor of running again. I All mean, right. there's times when I think, you know, I enjoy doing it, and I've had a good time doing it. I like the people that I serve with. But, you know, I... To say, as you get closer to a certain age, you start thinking, "Oh, someday I'd like to retire." And I mean, I don't know. You just think, so, maybe I should focus more on my business at this point." You know, about any future aspirations in politics outside of county board? Well, I can't. I'll be honest with you. It's not that I haven't, I haven't considered it, but it would have to be the right thing. I yeah. mean, um, and I, where I really felt I could make a difference. You know, I did try. I did help. I did work on Imboka's campaign, who is the mayor of Bloomington. I did work on his campaign. And so, um, you know, I don't mind helping other candidates. Sometimes I seem seeing myself becoming the uh, next Justin Boyd. You know, I'm going to be the guy out there advising you behind the scenes. Whether you're listening to what I'm telling you to do is a whole nother issue. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but I mean, you know, but I, you know, and try to get people elected too. So um, there's probably a very good chance I'm going to run again. So um, uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to. Reserve my right though to change my mind. That's I mean, fair, that's, you know. And, yeah. and your district hasn't changed much, right? With it the- didn't change much. I mean, it changed a little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, they tried to make all the lines. So you know, I mean, there wasn't like you had a spot over here and a spot. You know, I mean, they tried to make it. And your district went up like this. They tried to make them almost pretty uniform. And so um, my district does take in a little bit of normal now, which I never had had before. And picks up an area which I never understood why I didn't have, but I mean it was uh, it was right next to my district, but it was like a gap and it belonged to another precinct. Okay. It's like they had it's like they, I don't know if they spot did it or wow they did it, but now it is a perfectly logical square. That just I mean it's not perfect square, but sure. it kind of goes around things. So. And it's you you and Josh Barnett represent the same district ten, right? Yes, we represent district ten. And both 10. Republicans. Yes. And how, currently on the board, there are how many Republicans and Democrats? There are 11 Republicans and 9 Democrats. How, what was it when you first got on? Because <laughs> it goes it back. It might have been 15-5 or 14-7. I mean, I don't know that we ever had it. There was always four or five Democrats on the board yeah. for as long as I can remember. I mean, um, there was always like George Gordon. There's always Paul Segabiano. Uh, Lori's been on there for almost as long as I've been on there. Lori's leaving. Uh, Lori Wolrap. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people. There was always a, a few others, too. But yeah. I'd probably say there's five, five to six. And then this last election, um, 
the Democrats worked really hard to win those seats, and guess who won them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they won them. I mean, they worked really hard. Yeah. I'll give them my hats off to them. I mean, you know, they really worked hard to win those seats. In an unusual year, too, of, of, uh, in 2020, right, trying to run in there. So Yeah, I mean, you know, you had the, the, the campaign. Well, you had the Trump effect, too, I suppose, that, you know, they're... I mean, if I get in trouble with some people on the right, but, you know, I mean, you, I mean, I think... I would just think Trump would hopefully try to mirror Reagan more, where Reagan, you didn't always agree with him, but you liked him. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know if they don't yeah. like you, it's hard to get their vote to begin with. I mean, you know, sure. and, and Reagan always remembered that you had to be likable and have good policies. Trump, you know, I have good policies, but nobody likes me. It's like, well... The reason that happens is, you know, if the janitor at the local school criticizes you, you don't have to tweet out. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to tweet out in response. I'm not downplaying the janitor that he's not, he's insignificant, but there's some criticisms that you just, you know, you got to have like, you got to, you just got to let them go. I mean, when I post something on my Facebook page, I have a policy that I, that I try not to respond. Yeah. There is nothing ever accomplished by responding to people. Yeah. It's like, well, we don't like what you're posting. Well, you can start your own Facebook page, and you can post whatever you want. I mean, you I love, know I, love, I mean? I love Ricky Gervais's bit on that. Have you seen Ricky no, Gervais's bit? No. I'm going to butcher it, so I encourage everybody to look it up on YouTube or whatever. But he's like, I get people that tweet at me and just call me the most evil things in the world, and that's just that's that's so weird to me. That's like going in the middle of a town square and seeing a flyer that says guitar lessons call me and then you come calling me and going I hate guitar lessons <laughs> because you could have just moved on um, yeah something like that he's much funnier than me but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I mean you get yeah I mean I think that I have a legal assistant who's always on my side sometimes when I take a certain position there'll be critics on the pantograph thing and other things and and I've always said do not respond just let them say what they want to say. There's nothing ever good that comes out how, of responding sometimes. How hard is it? Because, I mean, you, you are an attorney. Your name is your business. How hard is it to separate that? Not Maybe not for you, but, like, other people to separate some of that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it hasn't really been difficult for me to do it. I mean, uh, you know, most other attorneys know that I'm an, elect, an elected official. In fact, I've even helped attorneys who've tried to petition for things and say, listen, you're not, that won't go before the county board. You're going to have to do this. Yeah. It's not, you know, you can't take it like it's a, attorneys always like to think they're the, the smartest person in the room should be careful about what I say. But, you know, <laughs> second, I mean. Second only to actuaries. You know, I mean, but, you know, I mean, but it's just like, you know, it is the way it is and it is politics and it doesn't matter whether you're, you think you're right, you're smart. I mean, these people aren't going to support that. The yeah. way you're doing it, you know, they're yeah. just not going to do it, so. Um, you get that as too, but I, I would encourage anybody who's thinking to run for a local office. They really should do it. I mean, it's scary. I mean, it's scary to run for office. I mean, because you put really, yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there, and it, it's 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 a scary thing. But you know, I mean, you know, someone's going to do it. If you don't do it, someone else is going to do yeah, it. And that's you, the hard part. And you know, I mean, and uh, you, you, you got to get out there and get into the arena sometimes, and and. Yeah. And you will get arrows, though. If you choose to go into the arena, you're going to have arrows shot at you, but it's just the way it is. You know. I, I'll say that um, I've been, you know, the, uh, the, the phrase of, like, if you're a conservative when you're young, you have no heart, and if you're a liberal when you're old, you have no mind, you know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about that, and uh, I, I've worked in finance for 15 years now, and um, 
I mean, it does change a lot of my views fiscally on things where I see more clearly that, um, like, how money works, basically. Yeah. There's not just all this money out there that you just have, right? Yeah. Um, and you need to manage the money and need to think about the financial consequences of what you do in order to uh, in order to be successful in the long term, right? It's, it's something that I didn't have a sense of when I was 16, right? Now, now I do. Um, but so I, uh, I find myself like thinking about, cause there's a lot of talk about that in the, the Republican party. You know? yeah. Um, but I, I'll just say like, I, we touched on two things that I struggle with. One is the, the negativity, like the anti-partisanship. Like for example, I try to listen to Rush Limbaugh. He's seen before he passed, he's, he'd spent to my ear, 95% of his time just talking about how horrible people like me were. And so it's like, man, if you want me to hear you, like you need to put a, a something positive out there. You need to paint a positive vision to me of something I want to have. His show's not for you. Not just like, like he's, he's not trying to win you over. I yeah. think that's the point, though. Like, but I think it's where, where an elected gets, official is trying should yeah. be trying to yeah, at least they, win their yeah, electorate. Over, yeah, right? they have to win. As I mean, you always every I don't care who you are. Every campaign manager and, and intelligent elected official looks at their district mm-hmm. and they try to think of the makeup of it and. You know what these people are for and what they're against. I mean, I always, anytime there's a ballot initiative or other elections, I always look to see how my district voted on. Sure. I always check it out. I mean, you know, I mean, you just do it. I mean, you just, you always want to know what your your constituents are thinking that that you're on their correct side, as opposed to you know you're going to have a tougher election. But I I think people, I think people think that that's what political speech sounds like, and I see it increasingly more in liberals too, of like. Everything is just focused on being against something else, and that that's like what politics is. When people tell me they don't like politics, they're like, oh, it's so ugly, people just saying nasty things all the time. It's like, well, politics is actually like trying to find ways to make your computer community better in the short, medium, and long term. Right. Like, that's what politics is. We all have to get a, we all have to find ways to do things, right? And that's what's interesting to me. And it's um, it's unfortunate that it. it it, it, it forces us into tribes, right? It, it makes it, it really hard to mean, listen and to I, And I've been accused of being on my own little tribe and my own little yeah. views of things. So, I mean, and that's just the way it is. But, I mean, but like I said, I think, I, I mean, I had to, I told somebody, listen, when you go on a city council or a county board, you're not going to win on every issue, okay? You're just not. It's, it's not possible. There's too many differing opinions about too many things that you're not going to, but the important thing is you try to win on the important issues that are important to you. You try to win or get as much as you can on that thing because sometimes it's like I only, I only got 60% of what I wanted and I, and I had to give 40 you know, but you still got 60%. I mean, I know yeah. some people don't like that. If I don't get 100%, it's not a victory. Well, yeah, if it's like, that's if not it, the way politics works. If it's 60% good, I, you know. <laughs> If, it's, if you view it as 60% good and 40% evil, you're not going to be happy about the 40% evil you yeah. let in, right? But if you just see it as differences of perspective and opinion and trying to balance the needs of the community, if you got more than half of what you wanted and something positive happened in your view, you can be you can be pleased and, about this, right? And, yeah. and it's what you call a win. Sometimes the win's just being able to publicly have the conversation so that yeah. so it can be a bigger win in the future. Yeah. I mean, I remember I got some, not a lot, I got some flack on Planning Commission I fought hard uh, when cannabis was an issue, and mm-hmm. cannabis came before planning commission. Now, 
we had a robust discussion on Planning Commission about cannabis, uh, knowing full well that once it went to city council, everything we decided would get voted. I knew that from the beginning. Yeah. But I forced the conversation to happen, and, and the hope is in the future that conversation can lead to other better things, in my opinion. Um, and then your losses are going to happen, too, to your point, Chuck. Like, there's been plenty of times, um, you know, I, that... I've lost uh, something on planning commission with my me being the solo vote, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it does make those victories a little bit better when you can talk, you know, talk people into your opinion. It makes that that much sweeter. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and doing courtroom work or doing, uh, you know, I'd like to say that every time I make an argument, the judge agrees with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but that's not the way it is. And sometimes they just don't agree with me, and, and you know, and. I remember when I first started practicing law, this attorney was saying, yeah, we walked out of the courtroom, there were tears all over our file because we couldn't get the judge or anybody to do what we wanted. And I can't say there aren't times when you walk out of a county board meeting and you <laughs> like your, your packet's a little wet because you right. didn't get what you wanted. But, I mean, you always got to try to say in the back of your mind, I don't do this perfectly, but I try to. There will always be other issues. There's always yeah. going to be other things that are going to come up. This isn't the end of the world. And, again, you know, and mean, it gives you more time for self-reflection on things you could have done differently. Um, you know, what, are, what better arguments could you have made? What yeah, was what could I have done? Yeah, what... Uh, I mean... The you, losses improve you. The losses make you better. I mean, yeah, and, and even though we are subject to the Open Meetings Act, I mean... Be, be careful what I say. Um... Sometimes you do have to talk to people outside of a outside of a meeting to really kind of gauge their thoughts and get them. Some people think that you go into this meeting and you give this great speech and everybody's mesmerized by it and it changes minds and everybody. Now sometimes like hey, I call Justin up. Hey, what do you think about this? Do you know about this and this and that? You know, it, it is. It yeah, works that, that way. That, that's how that's how it usually works. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, that might be a learning curve for for new people to come on a board or, or, or a council or something is thinking that they're going to change minds on the dais, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where most of that occurs before that on one-on-one phone calls. Yeah. Uh, one-on-one conversations. Yeah. So. And you got to be willing to do it. You just, you just have to be willing to do it. If you're not willing to do it, you're probably not going to be good at it. Yeah. I mean, you got to talk to other people. I mean, I have never, I mean, just to, to reiterate, I mean, I mean, I think it would surprise people that there are Democrats on the county board that call me up and ask me my opinions about things. And I, I hope so. And I do likewise. Yeah, I hope and so. And I do likewise, okay? Now, I'm not going to mention their names because I don't want to get them into any issues, but, you know, I mean, you know, it, it just it's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. So well, you, you have to talk. I uh, I mentioned the, the negativity and the, and the difficulty that that presents just... Um, I guess just you as somebody who's, um, you know, of some of some influence and tenure in the Republican Party, the degree to which you could try to to steer people to, uh, you know, away from uh, the, um, you know, the the negativity that we were talking about. I think mm-hmm. it'll help us work together better. And I think those of us who are on the Democratic side, we could we should try to do the same. And because um, I, I don't think it serves us, and it doesn't help. Well, win anybody over, right? It just it just solidifies us and entrenches us. And it's I not, just wish people. I mean, maybe I'm naive, and I just wish people could bifurcate things. That when you're in a campaign, you have a right to say, "Here's my views," and the other guy's wrong. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Because you're trying to well, win you hearts and minds. You're trying to get elected. But yeah. when the election's over with, okay, I'm not going to get everything I want, and I'm going to have to talk to this other person. And they're and, and sometimes I need their vote. 
Because the strange thing on, on elections is sometimes the, on this issue, this person is your biggest enemy. And on the next issue, they're your biggest ally. Yeah, and so if you're already on the record saying that they're a, um, a Nazi, it, it kind of makes it hard to work yeah, with Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to deny that sometimes when you're in the middle of a campaign season, rhetoric gets overblown and yeah. overheated. Yeah, be on the issues, though. And, and yeah. it gets a little bit like that, because it does. But, you know, I mean... It's funny. You're going to have to work with those persons on another issue anyway. Yeah. So strongly disagree with them, but be polite and be respectful about it when you can, okay? I mean, yeah. you know, and I try to be. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm perfect on it, but I try to be, you know. I'll just, um, again, not trying to be real, bring a bunch of national stuff into it, but I think it does bring to bear you know, bringing up Trump and the difficulty that can, the, the opportunities and difficulties that that could have for local candidates. I would say, again, one of my real struggles now with building bridges with Republicans is like the, the platform of like family values and traditional like mm-hmm. religious beliefs and like, you know, where the part, George, I, I uh, came of age in the George Bush era. So it was all about, you know, like, Christian conservatives and defense of marriage and all these social issues. And I kind of know like where people stood then. And then you have a president who, I mean, anybody who can confidently name all of his children and who their mothers are that like, I don't know if anyone can do that. And so then now, but now it's back of like, we're going to go harass the school board and the the, um, library board about like inappropriate materials like when your standard bearer has these lacking moral values it makes it it makes it really hard to like to hear that right and well um, i i I get what you're saying i think sometimes we on the other side see it the same way on the other side too just a different ways um i'd be curious about that you know but i mean i i just i mean when it came to trump i mean i actually ran as a delegate for Rubio in 2016. And so, um, and then um, Rubio got knocked out and then I supported Cruz because there's only Cruz and Trump left, I think, at that point. Mm -hmm. And then when Cruz got knocked out, I supported Trump because he was the nominee of the party. I mean, I, I... I think Trump is right on a lot of issues, but sometimes I just wish the way he presented them. Sometimes he makes it more... Yeah, all right, we'll have this to me. He makes it more about him sometimes all the time. than it does about the policy. And it's like, it's not about you, it's about us. I don't so know I was what just, his policies are. Yeah, it's yeah. about us. I was just I mean, going to ask this. I'm curious on your opinion. Uh, uh, how do you feel that he, he was seriously a Democrat like five years before he ran for president? Like, how much trust... <laughs> is there on some of those well, things? Well, I mean, that was one of my issues in 2016. I didn't know whether really, really... And, and it's not just like, I mean, they're, they're like Mitt Romney was, you know, notorious for flip-flopping on issues, but like the issues he flip-flopped on weren't as like high profile as some of the yeah. ones that Trump flip-flopped on, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're thinking of policies, are you thinking like Supreme Court and immigration? That- well, Supreme Court and immigration on some of the issues, taxes. I mean, um, uh, yeah. I um, thought he was right on some of the tax issues because he did do a tax cut. I mean, that was Paul Ryan, too, I believe, that helped push that through the Congress. But, um, you know, but, uh, I mean, with, with Trump, sometimes it's just like, it's not about you. Uh, let's go to, let's, let's, let's go that I've been, um, well, I'm on your show. Why don't you tell me what you want to ask me, and I'll, I'll respond well, here. I'm trying to, to, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, um, I guess just, just sharing again as 
someone who tries very to tries really hard to be open and to like play devil's advocate. Like if I'm in a room full of liberals, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to present the other side. Yeah. Um, and since uh, since you and I haven't had a chance to chat before, I just like to share that with my conservative friends. These are two things that make it make it hard it, when you're when you're being called like a communist or a baby killer or like a tax and spend liberal or like or a racist or a homophobe or well, exactly, you know what I mean exactly. all that I mean you know I mean you <laughs> yeah, know yeah when mean. any whenever you're spending whenever any group spending a lot of time like just calling other person personal names it doesn't help and then I also really struggle to. Like, I, I struggle to square the circle of like a platform of moral values and family values. Well, I'm not going to say that man, you're not so. the only person <laughs> that had that struggle. I mean, yeah. I mean, you I, know, what I, try to, what I try to say though is like there were certain policy things that were not popular with the overall masses, and he had the, like, fortitude to withstand the criticism that came with bringing up some of these things, like immigration. If you say anything about immigration as a Republican, people are going to call you racist. He didn't seem to care. And so that's why he was, like, a good champion for that issue. Like, is that fair to say? Well, you right. don't, don't, don't make it about race. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think that people that, that feel about immigration that I, that I care that people from other countries come into our country. I mean, I like to do genealogy research, and I can tell you a lot of my ancestors didn't come from the United States. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I mean, that's not where they're, they're from, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's just the way our country is. But with in regards to um, uh, those issues about uh, Trump and everything, I mean, if in Virginia, I mean, I think when when that came out, I think. The gubernatorial candidate said, "Listen, I don't, I'm not opposed to Trump, but I don't want him right by my side. I mean, you know, I mean that's kind of what they did. Yeah, you know, I don't want you right by my side, you know. And so, um, and that gets you. But you got to understand, in, in Republican circles, I mean, there's still a lot of Republicans that like Trump. I mean, they they, they love Trump. I mean, and um, and uh, and so." You have you have to be careful. Look what's happened to Kinzinger. I mean, he's got, <laughs> you know, he's got butchered on that because you know, and it's it's yeah. always. I knew Adam, and I know his parents, and I never, I never say anything about Adam. I just don't. I just don't want. I don't think that's fair to Russ, his father. You know, I just don't say anything about it. And don't ask because I'm not going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, you know, but um, it's just the way this the way it is. I mean, I. I was a latecomer to Trump in, the, in 2016. I really was, but I was the party chairman, and, and I endorsed him. But I remember in October when that that statement came out about he was recorded saying you know something derogatory about women. You guys might recall it. I'm not going to repeat On the it bus. here. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to repeat it here. But I remember Rodney Davis calling me up, and I was when I was chairman. He goes, "Hey, I got to condemn that statement. I can't." He goes, so you're probably going to get some flack about it in McLean County. I said, no, nah, yeah, say what you got to say. I mean, you know, I mean, he wasn't really looking for my opinion. Sure. He was just telling me, hey, here's what I got to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you get that. You get that sometimes, too. And, you know, I think sometimes we want candidates to be perfect. And we don't live our lives like we lived them in 1920. I mean, you know, we don't live our lives yeah. like we did then anymore. I mean, but w- would you grant? I like to if- go out and drink a beer. <laughs> okay, I mean, I like to go out and have fun sometimes. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, I do, and I'm not going to apologize yeah. for it. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, 
Would you agree, though, that if Obama had had three wives and children from a lot of different marriages, that that would have been something? That, oh, absolutely, that was, that it would have been. It's politics. With? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's abs- it absolutely would have been brought yeah. up. I mean, um, and honestly, and I don't think it was unfair for people to bring it up about Trump. That's politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, because this person's going to be making important decisions. You do want to know a little bit. I don't know how much you need to know, but you need to know something about their character, who they are as a person. Because, that I mean, that's going to inform the way they make decisions. And I do think some people... I take, take my mom, for example. I mean, she was consistently not for anybody. I mean, she voted for a Democrat in one election, a Republican in another. And when my dad... This surprises people. My dad was a diehard Democrat, okay? He was a pro-union Democrat, okay? My mom would... would vote on the person. I mean, she voted for Al Gore in 20, 2000, and then in 2004, she just didn't like John Kerry. I don't know why. She just didn't like him. I, mean, <laughs> I, can, I just don't like him. <laughs> I, I just, just didn't like him, okay? I don't know what it was. And she voted for yeah. Bush. So, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's just like, how does that happen? I mean, in, in 80 or 92, she voted for Perot. In 96, she voted for Perot. 2000 voted for Al Gore, you know, it's just, she's just, yeah. you know, it's just some people do make their decisions that way. And I do think some people, when they, when they do message it that way, they're trying to target that independent voter who they can pull their way, mm-hmm. I think, just yeah, because. It's, it's a game of margins, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. they're trying to pull, trying to pull some of that independent voter. Yeah. So, and maybe a few on the, on the edges of the Democrat Party and the Republican yeah. Party. Well, thanks for letting me wade into some, con- some more controversial topics. Well, I hope I answered I it. Can, I don't mind talking about controversy. I, we, I mean, I, I don't... I, I think we can bring it back. I think we, we probably all agree here that there's way too much emphasis put on national politics, and in particular the presidency. Um, yeah. The president has way too much power and focus, in my opinion, um, especially given the fact that, like you mentioned, whether there's... I mean, I've got a, I've got a light out front of my driveway, the street light, it keeps going out, and I can't get an answer about whether Amron or the city owns it, <laughs> so I don't know who to call to get this darn light turned on, but then when my wife goes to walk the dog at night, like, she's kind of uncomfortable because it's so dark, and I'm right. like, can someone fix that darn light? Like, whose responsibility is it? Just That's, fix my light. That has, that has infinitely more impact on my life than, you know, um, anything Joe Biden did this week, so I, I need to... I, we all need to shoot that it down. That is true. Here, sometimes right? that's so. very true. I wish people understood that, but yeah. they. So. Chuck, I, you mentioned something. I just got to ask this question: How did you become a Republican? What What was the turning point in your life where you're like, I think this is the party that I fall in line well, with? Well, I, I I'm, I'm a big admirer. Uh, my two favorite presidents are Reagan and Lincoln. Okay, I mean they've always been my favorite presidents. They're always going to be my favorite presidents until someone comes along and knocks them off. Okay, and they, ha- they haven't been knocked off yet, okay? I mean, they haven't been knocked off by anybody I've seen yet. Um, you know, I just started to, to... I remember in 1984, I was telling a friend, I mean, I don't know how Reagan thinks he's not going to have to raise taxes, because and Mondale came out and said, you know, I am going to raise taxes. He won't tell you that. I will. You know, I mean, that's the way Mondale campaigned in that election. And I didn't vote in that election. I never. My first time I voted was in 1988 when I voted for George Bush. But I just kind of had this this change in my life where I do. You, I just started to see things differently, and I can't really explain it. I just well, how much? So this is interesting to me because, like, 
President Obama sh- like got me super interested in politics because of the timing of his charismatic nature. He was very charismatic, and the timing of of that in my life. Mm-hmm. Reagan had a lot of that charisma. Like how much of that just charisma? Well, I think it was Reagan's charisma. Yeah, it was politics. Because I really didn't focus on politics in the early '80s, but I started. To, I graduated from high school in 1983. And as you start to get old, you start to focus a little bit more on politics. Come on, when you're in high school and that's all you're focused on is politics, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong to focus on politics. I'm not wrong with having parties in high school, whatever they want to do, but... Yeah, you know, so you're look at your yeah, I got you doing your homework, yeah. you know, looking at girls. I mean, you're doing what you do when you're at the age boy. I mean, you do what you do. But that was that was why I decided not I to mean, be a math, not to be a math teacher because I realized when I was doing my student teaching, I was like, these people just like found out what sexual attraction is. I cannot get them to pay attention to logarithms. Like, there's, yeah. there's no way this is happening. So you know, yeah. but I mean, I just think <laughs> as I started to watch Ray, I mean, I just started to understand that it's like I've always been kind of a, a tough pro-defense guy. I mean, and Reagan was very pro-defense. And um, he got criticized because he wanted to start a nuclear war, but ultimately what he wanted to do was to get rid of nuclear weapons. I mean, that's what he—that's what his ultimate goal was. Now, And his thought was, well, we'll just keep spending them until they can't—they run out of money, which is basically, in my view, what happened. The Soviet Union just couldn't keep up with us, and they just finally said, you know, heck, this isn't going to work. We can carry more debt. Yeah, well, we can. We and we did carry. We did carry debt, but um, you know, you know. I mean, Reagan had to make the choice in that cycle. It's like, is it about protecting the country or incurring debt? And he said, "Well, I'm going to go with protecting the country." That's the way he looked at it. I mean, and so, um, but you know, I mean, defense and um, I mean the the tax the tax reform that was under Reagan was pretty phenomenal. I spent I. I spent a few years working at Tax at State Farm. Mm-hmm. Spent the, the, at least the insurance portions of that. I mean, the, the, I know a little bit about the history of that. that those tax changes that was pretty notable. Yeah, I mean, he cut the, the, the marginal rates pretty significantly. And, and bipartisan, I think, too, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, then, yeah, I don't think that could ever have been done today. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were it was Dan. I think it was I'm dating myself, but it was Dan Rostenkowski and Richard Gephardt and. Who's the guy from New Jersey, Bradley? I can't think of his name, but they were prominent Democrats that were backing some of um, Reagan's tax reforms then. Mm-hmm. Because Democrats can be wrong, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, they were backing it, and so he ultimately got it through. But I mean, if you've ever read anything on that, it was Reagan that kept pushing it because nobody wanted to do it. It was so controversial, but he finally kept pushing it and pushing it. And finally got it done. I think it was '86 when he, when he did the tax. Well, if we start if return. we start debating Reaganomics, we're yeah. going to be here a lot longer. Right, so, so I'm gonna... one, just one more question, <laughs> and we can close. Does, do you have any like friction within your family about politics? Like, is Thanksgiving unpleasant? No, or, no, no. Because my good. my dad has passed, and so has my mom. Oh, and okay. my dad okay. never. Okay. My dad and I never really talked about politics. I mean, uh, but I knew where he stood. I always tell people that if uh, they were a Democrat and that's going to get me in trouble so I better be careful what I say but <laughs> if, if if Jesus Christ ran as a Republican my dad would still vote for the Democrat okay? <laughs> and I'm not saying by saying that that Jesus Christ is a Republican okay I want to make sure I put that disclaimer out there I mean but or anything about that but I mean he was always going to vote for a Democrat but that's because he, he was very he was in a union and he's very pro-union. I mean, mm-hmm. he thought you should look out for... I mean, his view was the Democrat Party looked out for the little guy, 
and they were looking out for the people that needed to be looked out for, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was his view. My mom was more like, you know, I don't like that guy. I think he, I'm voting for yeah. this guy, you know? I, I don't like that person. That's good. Yeah, so. I've heard, I've had some people tell me, more people recently than I would like tell me about conflict within their family about politics and how it makes them uncomfortable, and I just think it's such a such a tragedy for... for um, for these divisions to make their way into the relationships I, that we can have with us. I don't really have now. that problem. My, my, my brother passed, but when he passed, he was a Republican, and my, my mom or my sister generally is a Republican. So, I yeah. mean, I, my yeah. family pretty much agrees. I just it sees uh, my side, but my only thing is to try to get my parents to turn off the MSNBC every now and then. They just need to they need to ease up on that a little bit. Ra- Rachel Maddow doesn't have all the answers, guys. Well, don't, you know, I don't think they listen to the show, but uh. that, that is interesting. <laughs> we kind of. That brings up another subject. Maybe you guys can tell me. Do I have time, or I got time? Actually, I think up? you got to go to a you got a thing, right? I do got a thing, but we got about five more minutes. Yeah. So if you got another, I mean, tell me what you guys think about this. I mean, here's what I'm thinking. I mean, the the the, the, the news has become kind of polarized. I mean, it's not news. Well, I mean, it used to be like you had a, a Democrat newspaper and a Republican newspaper, and you read which newspaper you wanted to. And I almost like think that's where we're at nowadays again. I mean, it's 100% you, where we're at. And you know, yeah. I mean. Here are the here are the, the the networks that think I say my view, and here's a network that say my view, and that's kind of where we're uh, at. Recently, you know? with the with the GLT Cities article uh, that came out, I don't know if you yeah, read I that. saw that. I didn't pay much attention uh, to it. I, I saw yeah. Brian Denham said something about GLT, but or not GLT about cities. Yeah, cities. I didn't I, pay a lot so of. So I've had a few conversations with people about. It. I said I, I don't. Cities can say whatever the hell they want. Like I don't care. Uh, that's freedom of speech. But I just I hate that what we label as news now. Same with you know local blogs or um, whatever. Like it, it shouldn't be news. Yeah, and I mean that's why we always say don't get your news from us. We were just two yeah. you know two people talking. Yeah, was it was it the the Daily Show's first one of their first uh, uh, was it a motto? But one of their first mottos was uh, the Daily Show, where more people get their news than they probably should. You know, so, <laughs> I know, I know, um, I know. A lot of people get their news off social media, and they really shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I even on my post, I always try to post something from the article to try to encourage people. To read the article. To read the article. I mean, just read the article. Not just the headline. I mean. And this always sounds like I'm like a hashtag fake news person, but um, I, there's so many times when I'm actually present at a situation, like be it planning commission or city council, and I witness what happened, and then I read the news coverage of it, and I'm like, eh, like that's... Yeah. I know, not, I get that on the county board, too. Not that's really not really what, what we voted, really. And that's not really what was going on. The same way with my, my, my day job, like we'll read depictions of like, you know, this is what State Farm's doing. I'm like, I'm actually involved in that. This is not what we're doing. Um, and so you read so many of those, and it's like, you don't want to just cast and say all all the news is worthless or biased or liars or whatever, but it... it it makes it hard because it makes you think like, well, what about all these things I'm not at that I'm reading about? Yeah. Are they, um, but well, I do hope Justin does continue to push his his editorial. That I've wrote, wrote, like, I've wrote I have a editorial. You know, but time. I mean, I remember it, and I'm like, hey, I agree with that. You know, I mean, it was streamline this stuff. I mean, make it work so people can use it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. I don't know. I, I used to I used to really care about my ideas getting out there. I started I started, <laughs> yeah. I started, started to feel like no one else gave a crap. So you start uh, to become jaded in yeah. the process a little bit. You know. Uh, yeah. Before we wrap it up, though, Chuck, I want to just make sure people have an opportunity to get uh, a little bit personal with you. So I know you like the Packers. Are you a green? Are, are you a uh, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Who's the better quarterback? 
that is hard because <laughs> – Toughest question of the day. You don't understand <laughs> – well, you don't understand what was going on in the 80s when we would watch the Bears and the Packers, and the Bears were always, always just – cream the Packers. I still remember them handing it off to the fridge and he, he ran it right through the he knocked down like about three Packers and ran it right into the end zone. And so I mean I, I just say it. First I, thing I, comes to mind. I, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go I didn't like Favre in the end. In the yeah. end I said Favre if you're gonna throw passes like that it's time for the new guy to come in. It's, so, it's, you're but just, you're going with Favre. I'm going to go with Favre. All right. Should the Cubs bring back Chris Bryant? I know you're a Cubs fan. Should they go after Chris Bryant? I think I think of the three out there, Rizzo and um, uh, well, Schorber. By, okay, Schorber, yeah. And, and I don't know if there's someone else. And, um, oh, my God. I'm Brian. Who's uh, the shortstop? Um, oh, Baez. Baez, Baez. Is already, Baez is signed. Baez is signed Baez, with the Tigers. He's signed? Okay. He's signed with the Tigers. Of those that are, I think Bryant is the best one to bring back. Yeah. I think he makes the most sense because okay. of his versatility. I mean, you can play him darn near anywhere, and he's still young enough to give you a few more good years. Last question, last personal question. I know you've skydived. Any plans to do it again? No, I, I did go skydiving five times, and the reason I did was I am scared of heights, and um, I'm still scared of heights. That's all. <laughs> so it's, your, your strategy is not working. It it's, didn't work. It didn't work. I tried, but approach, it didn't help. Yeah. Do you have a Facebook page for your uh, – for your campaign that people can find you well, on? Well, they can go to Chuck Erickson from McLean County Board. And it's a conservative page, so if you don't like conservatives, then, I mean, I don't... But feel free to comment on it. I mean, but, but don't he's not going to reply. Don't expect <laughs> I'm going to reply. I mean, if you don't, you know, it is what it is. So. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, Chuck. It was good to have you on. I always yeah. appreciate conversations with you. Yeah, I like talking to you guys. I really like talking to you, Justin. I mean, it's interesting to get your perspective on things, especially about... I'm running these campaigns, and <laughs> it's a lot of work, and no one realizes how much work it is. You know? That's, That's I mean, why I'm much more picky about what I get involved in. Yeah. That is 100% I, accurate. I appreciate sitting down with you because we've, we've passed the night a few times, so it's good to actually get to know you. Yeah, it's good, so, good to see yeah. you. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, All right. thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. And uh, check out, come check out Little Beaver Brewery. As always, check out their Facebook page. It's usually a good place to see where they got the new, uh, new brews coming out and the new food, things like that. So, um, and I see my son has got a quarter stuck in the Miss Pack machine. And he's banging it over there, so I better go. Uh, better go. <laughs> hold him away before he breaks something. So, all right. <laughs> Take it easy, gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you.